Welcome back to Pancreas Pals, a podcast by diabetics for diabetics. I'm Emily, a writer and editor. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two women trying to live our best diabetic lives. While it might not always be easy due to the literal highs and lows, it always helps to have a Pancreas Pal to turn to. Hello and welcome to Pancreas Pals. I'm Emily. And I'm Christy. We're just two gals in our 20s trying to live our best type 1 diabetic lives. Every week we tackle a new topic from the diabetic perspective. Although we offer tips, we are not medical professionals, but we also offer plenty of anecdotes and general thoughts about how to embrace the type 1 lifestyle on your own terms. It's not always easy to do through all of the literal highs and lows, but it does help to have a pancreas pal to turn to. Guys, welcome to Pancreas Pals. Emily here, and Christy, and and Miriam. Miriam literally Woo. just introduces herself. Now. <laughs> I love it. I love the way it should be. I make truly. myself at home here. I know. Honestly, this is like your. We can't have it any other it's way. It's our mental health correspondent. <laughs> for those of you who uh, are unaware and haven't listened to any other episode, because all we do is either talk about Miriam or have her on the show. Miriam is a licensed mental health uh, counselor. Yes. That is right. You got it. And, um, yeah, so... And also has... Oh, yeah. Type 1 diabetes. <laughs> yes, and she also Both. talks to herself in the third person when I can't speak. So she's multi-talented. <laughs> I really do it all. She really does do it all. She's also a part of JDRF with me, which is how we know her. Fun fact for those who uh, didn't know that. Anyways, I'm getting off topic, and we haven't even started yet. So this week's topic... We're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming summer months and what it's like going through the summer with type 1, you know, all the all the situations of having to, if you have a, an insulin pump, you know, like being nervous to show your pump at the beach or, you know, in your shorts or on your arm, whatever, kind of body positivity, pump positivity, and, you know, if you do injections, if you have some scarring or some bruises. And then also, I would love to start on a different note on that but Miriam was just telling us how she did diabetes summer camp growing up I sure did and if you could tell us I a bit did. about that that would be dope okay um so I was I guess backstory I was diagnosed with type 1 when I was six so like before I would have been going to sleepaway camps anyways so I think when I got to the age where my friends were starting to go to sleepaway camps this was you know purely kind of personal preference I didn't feel comfortable going to like a mainstream mainstream sleepaway camp um I think I was an anxious kid to begin with I don't even know if it was diabetes related but I didn't feel comfortable going for somewhere somewhere long term where no one really knew how to take care of me effectively I think I did do like a uh, you know mainstream non-diabetes camp but I did a two-week sleepaway which I remember being fine, but I remember always feeling, I can't think of the right word, inconvenienced. I remember they would not, I was on injections at the time, I wasn't on a pump yet, and they made me do my blood sugar checks in the infirmary. They wouldn't even really let me do that on my own, because I, you know, I get it, they wanted to kind of keep monitoring me themselves, I suppose, but I had to go to the infirmary every time I checked my blood sugar, I had to go to the infirmary every time I needed to do an injection, which at that point I was on Lantus and, you know, multiple daily injections, so I was doing quite a lot of injections, so I just remember always feeling like I was normal, but I'd feel normal for like an hour or two, and then it's like, oh wait, don't forget, I you have diabetes, let's, let's migrate out, 
Um, sorry, I'm getting on a tangent on no, my experience no. at camp. But this all kind of spurred um, the diabetes summer camp. So I grew up in Atlanta, so the diabetes camp near us was called Camp Kudzu. And I started going my first summer. It was like maybe a year or two after the camp started. So it was still like very new. But my dad, my parents are very involved in the diabetes community in Atlanta. So they knew about this and they really wanted me to go. I think they felt like it would be a really good experience for me to meet other diabetics. Um, But like I said, I was an anxious kid, so refused. And finally, I just kind of gave in. So the first summer I went, I I really did not know anyone else with diabetes. I think there was like one other kid in my elementary school, but she was much older than me when I was diagnosed, so it wasn't really a connection. Um, So I remember the first summer I went to camp, and my I kind of like made my dad come with me. So my dad is a doctor, so he volunteered to be one of like the camp medics. So that was like I would only go if he came with. And I remember getting into my cabin. And at this point, I was, I'm trying to remember how old I was. I think it was in between sixth and seventh grade. And at this point, I had been diagnosed for what, like six years almost. And I didn't, or maybe it was in between fifth and sixth grade. Who can remember? (laughs) Anywho, I wasn't doing my own shots yet. I still, either my mom did that, my parents did, my family did it, or the school nurse would do them. I like refused to do them on my own. And at this time, that was, like, a big lifestyle hurdle. Right. Um, to not be at the age when you're starting to get more independent, and I didn't feel comfortable doing my shots on my own. And that felt normal. Like, when I think about it in hindsight, it's like, oh, a 10-year-old doesn't want to do their own, like, shots? Or what was I at that point? 12? I can't get if my years right, people. Grade, but I you're think you're probably, like, 10 or 11. So, I got 11. If you think about that, just like logically, an 11 year old doesn't want to poke themselves with a piece of metal. It's like, hard that for is a normal too. thing. Yeah. That's fair. But as, but I as still like a, don't want to. Yeah. Right? But as a diabetic, that was like definitely impacting my life. So, I remember my mom will tell the story and she gets emotional every time. But I basically got to my cabin at camp, was with like eight other girls with type 1, all of them on shots, all of them poking, doing their own shots. And at that point, it was like a peer pressure thing. I was embarrassed that I couldn't do, didn't do my own shots. So literally, it wasn't even the first full day of camp. I think it was like an hour or two I had been at camp. I gave myself my own shot. So then, of course, um, the way my diabetes camp was set up, it's like one counselor, one one clinician. Um, I'm trying to remember. It's like one medical professional, either a nurse or a nursing student even, one just regular counselor, and at least one of the counselors also had to have type 1 themselves. So I think the clinician told my dad, who called my mom, and my mom like, started like crying from relief. She was just like so glad we did this. So basically, that was my first year of camp. The second year of camp, I was really hesitant. I did not want an insulin pump. I did not want anything attached to me. Get to camp the second year. Everyone in my cabin has a pump. And again, it was like the peer pressure. I'm like, okay, well, I need a pump now. So my mom loves camp because basically everything she would try to get me to do and knew would be good for me, um, I wouldn't do until I was peer pressured into it at camp. Which we're not saying we're pro-peer pressure. Just for Exactly. Not peer pressure. But for me, I think just – and this is not diabetes related. This is just Miriam related. I think this was my personality. I was very anxious. I was very – um, shy. I was hesitant to try new things. So I think for me, the camp environment was like the perfect recipe for me to feel one normal because everyone else 
was dealing with what I was dealing with. And two, a little bit of that peer pressure also, which I, I needed um, for my personality. But I think in general, if I can just talk about camp generally, it was an unbelievable experience. I think I was a camper for, I can't remember the total years, like six or seven years. And then I was a counselor in training. Um, my camp, Camp Kudzu, does a really good uh, like young adults development program, I guess. They start, if, if you've been a camper, they start your CIT counselor and training years, like while you're still in high school and then while you're in college, um, you're a full-time counselor. And it's, it's the community is so strong. Like people stay and go to that camp for life. There's still people I went to camp with that still are counselors every single year. Um, and I think what makes it so special is that one, every single camper has type one. Right. And two it's the counselors have type one but also there's always a medical medical professionals everywhere so nothing you're doing during the day is ever an inconvenience or ever taking you from your normal routine your counselors have everything all the meals are carb counted for you all you have to do is kind of like that you know every single meal there was a menu on the table that said each item with the measuring cup exactly how many carbs that would be um, and then the programming was like regular camp programming, but maybe, I don't even want to say once a day, but there was enough programming interspersed. So like one of the electives, one of the activities you could do at camp was a cooking class. So that was obviously like a more educational thing. They would talk about you know the types of food that are easy to eat or what foods we called freebies that you didn't have to bolus for. Um, That's so cute. And then there was, I think when we got older, I don't remember this when I was like a little camper, but I remember when we got closer to high school, there'd be a social worker or some sort of like mental health focus really talking about like the hard parts about diabetes and what is it like to, you know, just the, the psychosocial aspects that we talk about here, just like the other aspects of diabetes that get in your way. Um, and it was just such an amazing experience like I can't speak up more highly about these diabetes camps because it's really a time that you feel so so normal you like you're at a freaking diabetes camp and you forget you have diabetes and <laughs> I think it's the closest experience you can get to feeling like you're not like your pancreas works if that yeah, makes sense. Like you're not inhibited remember, by the disease. Yeah I remember like the first couple summers I went they always would do like an intro like lecture sort of they would kind of like while the pa- the parents would drop you off because they'd have to drop off all your you know supplies and they'd have to drop off all your you know your basal rates things like that so the medics knew um so your parents would stick around for like a couple hours that first day and they'd always do like a the camp director would do a speech or something and she made a comment I it still sticks with me like parents please enjoy this week this is your vacation from diabetes and I remember feeling, like, so annoyed by that. It's like, well, we don't get a, excuse my language, but we don't get a fucking vacation from diabetes. Like, we never know what it's not, what it's like not to have this. And I'm like, the parents don't even have diabetes. Like, who cares? That's also, like, now, a really negative rhetoric to have in front of the children. Like, the last yeah, thing they need to feel I was going to say. Birthing, and obviously, you know? you know, this was said so quickly in passing. It's one of those things, like, it obviously was, it was meant as a way to say to the parents, like, listen, it is hard to have a kid with type 1 which I think now that I'm older and can like reflect more I totally get right um and like now I can totally respect that like how amazing that was for my mom to like 
not have to be worried about me. Or, and you know, my mom was not a helicopter mom. I never got the sense that she was tech calling me all the time. Like, what's your blood sugar? Where are you going? What's this? What that? But like, she must have been thinking that. And like, I've, I'm so impressed with her now that this was before Dexcoms. This was before any of that stuff where she could monitor me all the time. Um, so to have a week where she really could breathe and know that I was being taken care of by people who absolutely understood diabetes, what is that? I mean, that is a vacation for her, and I'm glad that she got to have it. I think at the time I did not respect that, but now I can. Um, but that being said, like I said, I think this diabetes camp is really the closest you get to feeling normal. There's my spiel. So I know I've went off on a tangent there. No, I mean, I think that's a super important spiel to have. Also, for anyone listening who is of camp age or wants to be a camp counselor at one of these camps, yes. it's a very good info and background insight to have. But Absolutely. it's also good because it broaches a subject that uh, we had wanted to approach, and especially having Christy do, um, Christy does multiple daily injections, MDI, and Apparently you did for a hot minute too, Miriam, and I did, yes. honestly, that I never talked about for like a stint for maybe six months because I didn't talk about it because I was getting hematomas because I was using the wrong size needle. Um, that was really fun. I looked like a, a drug addict. It was very bad. Must it happened? Too short needles or too long <laughs> Too needles? long. Or too it thick? was going too deep Ugh. and I was having like just giant like blood bruises it was really gross Ugh, I'm sorry. Um, Christy's probably like laughing like this noob <laughs> <laughs> no not at all I just I'm looking at like my little bruises on my thigh and I know I think it's because I'm a righty that especially in the summer months when you know bodies are just more exposed I suddenly realize which side I've been favoring and I definitely favor my my right thigh I guess because I can always get a really good angle on it but now I'm a little bit self-conscious because I notice I have like a little line of like tiny bruises you know they're not quite like they're not blood bruises that sounds awful and (laughs) I'm so sorry sorry, that that happened to you it sounded pretty gross but it was pretty they're 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 minor and as easily as I get these kinds of bruises is as easily as they go away um I've talked about this before I think this was my season one spiel I'm a huge vitamin e oil gal you don't need a ton they're great for scars it gets rid of tiny little bruises and stuff like that super easily but you know, mm-hmm. by the time you realize you need the vitamin E oil is probably, you know, the time <laughs> that you time have. By the time you see it, it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, well, if anyone heard my Dexcom going off in the background, I'm okay. All right, continue. <laughs> actually, I, w- I was going to ask. I wasn't being insensitive. I just didn't know if you wanted me to talk over no, it. No, no, you're good. You're good. I just didn't want to interrupt, um, but my diabetes didn't care about that. Anyway. It never, she never does. Um, the other thing with pens is every now and again you hit a bad spot and there's a tiny bit of blood that comes out and that tends to leave a mark at least for me I think just because I have always had a little bit of sensitive skin that I try to get vitamin e oil on immediately because I hate having the little bumps you know if the shot just doesn't go perfectly it -hmm. can happen and in the winter time it's you know if I'm doing my arm per se you know I just pull my sweater back over and no one sees the bump the rest of the day but in the summer when I'm running around in a tank top I'm a little bit more aware of just everything so I definitely have my self-conscious moments when I'm like oh goodness 
And I know it doesn't seem like it should be that big a deal if it's no, a tiny little bump, I mean, but, like, I know it's there. It's just another rem- Sorry, I'm now zipping up my uh, sugar medical case. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it makes a difference. Like, it's something that people who, you know, don't experience this disease, they don't have to think about in that way. I mean, yeah, everyone has their own body image issues, body positivity, all that shtick. But at the end of the day, like, I have a pod stuck to my arms leg but whatever you want that day of the week but that's like something that I I recently lost a little bit of weight and I've been feeling like hella confident and I was home for a little bit at the beach in Jacksonville um before starting my new job and I was like I was walking around I was like hell yeah I look great and I was like oh my god why is everyone looking at me what's going on and then I remembered oh yeah I have this pod on my leg and it was just one of those things that's like, it made me, oh, also I heard, um, oh my God, I completely forgot about the story and it's so particular to this, this topic. Anyways, um, there were these two elderly women sitting at a table next to me and I was hanging out with my aunt at the beach and I get up to go in the pool and the woman goes, do you see that, that thing she has on her leg really loud? And I'm like, here we go. Um, and you know, like, excuse me, ma'am. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things that, you know, I'm from the South and I honestly, you know, it was like one of those like bless her heart moments. She wasn't trying to be like mean about it, but also like lady, I can hear you. Um, and had she just asked me what it was, I would have been more than happy to explain, you know, type of thing, but being like, and then I heard her, so I was, I got really self-conscious all of a sudden, and then I'm in the pool, and I hear her saying, yeah, that's a port, I think it's a diet, like, a diabetes thing, and Aww. I was like, oh my god, wait, she's woke, she, like, knows, <laughs> so I, <laughs> every once in a while, you get that, like, I, like, I, even checking my blood sugar in public, people have come up to me and be like, hey, pal, you know, it's, every once in a while, there is some positive aspect to, like, the Right, so I was having this whole, like, invisibility. I thought I was having this really negative experience, and I was super self-conscious, and then I was like, this woman, you know, whether she works in the health field, or she knows someone who knows someone, or she herself, mm-hmm. you know, like, you never know someone else's story, and I was so ready to, to feel upset and judged and, you know, like, singled out because of the disease, which is so ironic because... You know, like, I feel like I've made it my mission to make sure I don't feel that way. But, like, everyone has their moments for that, you know, me included. I can talk all this talk. But at the end of the day, when I'm standing on the beach, I don't want to be looked at for my insulin pump. I want to be looked at because I look good, you know? So, also for my brains. Absolutely. Mostly for my brains. Uh, (laughs) But it's just, it it really made me take a step back. And I was like, wow. I was really embarrassed by the way I had reacted. But then I was like, I'm human. It's okay. But, you know... For, for the other kids that are out there, you know, that don't have that type of perspective on it yet, um, you know, or are afraid that their crush is going to see their bruises from, you know, an injection gone awry, or if you're pale as hell like me, and, you know, just every hematoma from every injection, basically, it's, it's, it's valid fears. What you're feeling is definitely you know, anything you feel is valid, but it doesn't mean that you should put any worth into it. So my question for Miriam is how do you, you know, like, what did they teach you about body positivity in college? I I think, you know, this is obviously an issue for everyone. This is not even like 
diabetes, like type 1 diabetes specific, we obviously have a couple extra robot, robot parts at times or extra bruises at times. But this is like a complicated problem. I think what helped, you know, kind of like a normalizing thing is like literally everyone is self-conscious. Even the people who look like they're super confident on the beach, like they're kidding. You're kidding yourself if you don't think they're worried about how how they look in their bathing suit or how what if people are looking at them you know everyone has some sort of body image issue um and I do as well even not diabetes related of course it's like we're women in today's society of course we're gonna have body image issues we're kind of forced to in some sense um I think the the extra parts we might have on us or the extra bruises we have on us add another layer of um of complications but I think at the end of the day, you can't, I know I've said this at other episodes too, but you really can't change other people. You can't make someone understand who doesn't really want to understand. You can't teach people all the time if they don't want to be taught. I think you can teach a lot, but some people just don't want to learn. So all I can really say in that situation is like, you do you. I wish I had a more like... Uh, <laughs> I feel bad because I keep asking you the same thing because I wish there was just a, a an answer tied in a, a pretty quick bow. Fit and, but, but the reality is it's just it's learning over time to feel more comfortable in your skin and that's obviously not an, not an easy fix or like society would be a better place. Um, but I think like for I'm thinking of myself for example. I, I remember like in high school or even in college feeling so embarrassed just pulling my meter out to check my blood sugar I don't know why like it's people knew I had diabetes even nowadays or sometimes I'm having dinner with friends and it's I find myself like hiding my meter and I'm not sure what that's about because like this isn't a surprise to anyone that I have diabetes all of a sudden um but I think it's just natural to feel a little I don't want to say shame, but a little bit of trepidation, um, trepidation, trepidation for the thing that makes you so clearly different than everyone else. No matter how unique we all want to be at the, like, we're a society that is founded on like wanting to conform and wanting to be like everyone else. And, and diabetes makes us very different. And it's an, all the things we have to wear and all the things we have to do make that very obvious and kind of force us to be out in the spotlight. Um, but even thinking of myself, it's like recently I've noticed that I've stopped caring as much about the extra parts. And I'm, I'll am i be out, you know, I, I kind of work in the field. So I'm running around all day and I'll, I'll be at coffee shops by myself a lot during the day. Restaurants by myself a lot during the day just to kind of bide time. And I'll whip my meter out right on the turn of the table. Everyone can see me. And it's all of a sudden I have this like weird newfound confidence about it. Yes. I wish I could tell you what that was from because I have no clue. Um, I think, but I realized if you just stop caring, you found I don't yourself, want to, Miriam. I guess I found myself, but I think I even on the beach and stuff. It's like the reality is I have to wear this pump, and it makes my life much easier. It's something that works well for me. This Dexcom makes my life much easier. It works for me. So if I'm on the beach and my Dexcom is out and it's not even like attempting to hide it or attempting to hide my pump, I just kind of am like, fuck it. And you, I realize when you exude that confidence that you don't care and this isn't weird and it's not a big deal, people might look, but they kind of move on. 100%. Um, I highly recommend, this is like Oh my god! I wish I was sponsored by Amy Schumer, but this is not a plug. I was just gonna say. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm talking about the movie. Okay, definitely 
for those struggling with any type of mm-hmm. body image issues, diabetes related or not, go check out the, the movie I Feel Pretty uh, with Amy Schumer. And not only is it funny and like totally just spot on on how women approach their bodies, but it definitely makes you feel, well, first of all, it's got an amazing soundtrack. So check out Lizzo and I recommend the song Good As Hell. Makes you feel good as hell. I love that song. Listening to it on repeat. This is real. This is me. But uh, (laughs) it also just makes you feel like, yeah, okay, you know, I might not be Kendall Jenner, but I'm, like, damn proud of how I am. Like, also, nothing's wrong with Kendall Jenner. She's a beautiful person. But still, like, we're (laughs) all, we all have our own thing, you know? Exactly. And then you leave the movie feeling like, okay, it's really all your mindset and even you know everyone everyone's got their thing they're self-conscious about but it's all about how you how you work it how you present yourself and when you're confident people are going to notice your the flaws that you feel like you have they're going to notice them much less because you're you're focusing on all the parts that are so good and important yeah that's work it w-e-r-k you know work it <laughs> i need to go see this movie i know well if anyone like sees really it cute. and you and you leave and you don't feel inspired like miriam and i do please reach out and let us know um yes yeah, so we'll have a yeah, very in-depth we'll have an in-depth review on the film maybe start a movie club i don't know just throwing that out there with our pals but also like we'll also you know give you positive words of encouragement if that the movie didn't do it for you we're here to help but um yeah I just it reminds me of another story sorry guys I just keep going off on stories um last night I was on a date and I had a moment where I was super self I was like meeting uh the guy's friend and I had to check my blood sugar I was dropping and my Dexcom was telling me I needed to calibrate because I still have the g5 because I'm bitter as couldn't be uh that's neither here nor there (laughs) but um can't wait for the g6 but I whipped it out and right before I whipped it out and the it being my sugar medical case <laughs> and it just like it sounds so weird um I was like I need to check my blood sugar and every, the guys looked at me I was like oh yeah I'm a I'm like a, I'm a type 1 diabetic and I've never felt nervous in saying that before like ever really because I'm kind of I live my life in a kind of mm-hmm. like just fuck it attitude sorry this episode's super explicit language wise but um <laughs> you know like it is what it is god gave me this disease everyone around me can handle it <laughs> you know like i'm just living yeah, with the car how did it feel how did that feel to just kind of like say that well i what was it his... kind of just felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulders and yeah. the guy this like this slays me the guy so this was the guy that i went on a date with his roommate he goes and goes, oh, yeah, I know. Uh, he told me you have a podcast that's so dope. Like, that's so cool. Uh-huh. And I was like. Just just play it like that. I was like, oh, yeah? Okay, cool. Thanks. What? Like, it, it wasn't even like a. Had you told him about your podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I was like, that means he, like, stalked you ahead of time. Love it. Um, yeah. N- well, probably, but also no. Uh, <laughs> modern dating. What are you going to do? But it it just made me have a moment being like, Wow. You know, we took this negative thing, all of us, everyone who's listening, who's trying to better themselves, who's trying to learn about the disease, who's trying to cope with it, we're taking this thing that it sucks, because let's be real, it does suck at times, and we're spinning it in a positive way. We're talking about it. We're educating others. Yes. We're talking to each other about it. We're coming up with ideas on how to cope with it. Like, that's something that I think deserves an accolade instead of feeling like there's a weight on my shoulders when I say I'm diabetic. You know? Absolutely. And I also think society is just like, 
changing in a lot of ways. Like with social media, like people are just, there's so many social justice issues going on in the world at all times. And I think I feel that people are becoming more like understanding of differences. I know that it's easy for me to say here in my little like bubble in New York City, but I think people are are generally more understanding than they used to be. At least at least more understanding than people are in are in middle school. So for all the youngins listening, it does get better. I promise. People are more open-minded as you get older, but you're going to get less of those looks where people are like, "Ew, what is that?" and more of like, "Oh, what is that?" You know? Just like things change. I think people become more curious um, versus judgmental. I, also, I maybe this that's is, very this, this is me, unrelated but... to like positivity, <laughs> just because <laughs> I'm a psychopath. But I've also noticed the more I try to hide something, like if I'm creeping over my purse when I'm checking my blood sugar, honestly, people start looking at you more because they're like, what the heck is this yeah. person hiding? And is that steroids that she's shooting into her body? Like, what's going on? That's better than heroin. Yes, yes. If you're you're a little bit more open about what's going on, you know, no one's going to be craning their neck to see what you're doing because, you know, it's clear you're not doing anything that you have to hide. Exactly. I mean, there's always going to be people that are crazy, though. So, like, I don't want to get a little nugget writing into us be like, I I check my blood sugar and this woman was like what's wrong with you like yeah that happens yeah. like people are always gonna suck exactly this. there's always gonna be the one the one bad apple in mm-hmm. in a bag of great ones so don't worry about it that's not a saying but I just made it one um anyways <laughs> I think that brings us to the end of the episode uh thank you so much Miriam as always it's been a pleasure and I miss you before I even hang up I miss you already Aww. And uh, come back to us. Yeah, Christy's like, come back, come back. Okay, I'm still here. Yeah, it's true. You're not wrong. <laughs> okay, everyone on, uh, everyone listening out there on the World Wide Web, um, be sure to follow us on Instagram at pancreas underscore pals on Facebook, which is pancreas pals pp. Head on over to our website pancreaspals.com. I dare all of you to say what I just said five times fast and um, check out our diagnosis stories page, check out some recipes, um, catch up on all old episodes and see what's going on. So amazing having you, Miriam. Follow Miriam on Instagram. Miriam, are you public? Actually, I think you're private. Maybe don't follow Miriam on Instagram. No, you totally can. I accept people who request me. What's your your Instagram? I don't know why I'm... It's Miriam Brand. <laughs> that makes so much sense. Oh my god. <laughs> that is my name. It's very <laughs> I just love very how creative. you pronounced it. Just like I thought you were about to be like Miriam with like three C's or like something random. <laughs> and Miriam Brand. So for those listening, check her out. She's a gem. And you know, thanks for listening, guys. Have a great rest of your week and let the good shugs roll. As Libby, as Libby would say. Okay. Yes. Word out. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.